show, man. You join the fuck up. back in the theater for the first time in a year as a birthday gift we did a, a private showing it was a gift from from shelby my fiance and, and that was awesome but it just reminded me of how much i love being in the movie theater and how much i miss seeing these and so hopefully you know it's really fun for these to drop on hbo max and to watch them and talk about them together really hope that the next you know big one of these we get to see in a theater i think it's just like it's gonna be crazy to be back I just I don't want to jump too far ahead, but this is a thought that it's that came to me because we're talking about HBO drops. I just can't believe that in like August, HBO Max is gonna drop Matrix Four. I can't see that happening, man. Do you? Think that is such gonna, a big movie to drop. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think that they're going to regret? Do you think HBO Max is gonna or Warner Brothers is gonna regret that decision? Because in a few months, we might be looking at a world where you know. Theater capacity is fifty percent, seventy five percent. Like there's vac- the vaccination availability is open in some states to people uh, over the age of eighteen. Like it feels like we're on the cusp of going back. I mean, do you think that there's that will change their strategy for like the these later HBO Max releases later in the year? Honestly, I think about this a lot, like you do. I don't think so, because. I think there's a lot of hype when it comes to talk of vaccinations, but it's only 12% of the United States, and that's not enough of a number to even hit herd immunity or enough number to warrant reopening. Plus, there's a lot of talk of there's a lot of talk of places the, the variants, the variants, other thing. I think it was a wise move, but hype is all movie theaters are sometimes. Hype is all these studios are exhausted about. I don't know, but it just feels like Matrix 4 is not a movie I should be watching on my home screen. I'll say that. August could be different. I don't know how fast people are going to get vaccinated because currently we're only at 12%. If it goes up to 25 30% of Americans are vaccinated, I don't know. I just feel like we might get a last call where they're like, y'all, I'm going to yank this shit off. <laughs> y'all got to go pay for it. I, don't, I, would just, I would respect that. I would totally respect that. I get it. This movie costs you hundreds of millions of dollars. I'd be interested to see their subscriber numbers because I feel like so far it's been a success. I don't know from a monetary standpoint, from a conversation standpoint, they're the only one dropping blockbusters. Like Netflix does not have a Godzilla versus Kong to drop on their streaming platform. It's not going to happen. They try to buy. They try to buy No Time to Die, but they were not going to willing to pay for it. You saw that they just bought Knives Out sequels two and three. I did. I did. That feels really. That's crazy to me. That's a. That's crazy. That is, I didn't expect that at all. And I don't, I mean, it makes the perfect kind of, like, Knives Out has had, has been like a hit afterwards even. Like, it's it's consistently, I know this isn't representative of, like, everyone as a whole, but I know, you know, the growth of stuff like Letterboxd has been huge, and Knives Out is always in the, like, most watch category or the most rewatch category. It was streaming for a while on Amazon, I think, and, like, a lot of people were watching yes, it, so... Uh- it makes sense for Netflix to pick it up, but I think that that's what they need. They Their product, I think, has dropped off a little bit because what they can provide is a lot of mid-tier stuff, but they don't have the they don't have the big stuff. Like they don't have the blockbusters. Again, they don't they don't have a Godzilla versus Kong or some other huge size movie that's going to make two hundred million dollars that they can just drop on their platform. 
Yeah, it's it's really strange seeing how Netflix was like the big boy in the room and now sometimes Netflix feels like it's getting lesser and lesser to almost like like mid tier, like you're saying, completely just like mid tier because imagine if there's so many streamer services now and someone is just coming to take back all their shit. We even have to deal with Paramount Plus, which I refuse to download. But <laughs> Whatever movies are there, I'm assuming are no longer on Netflix or HBO Max or Stars or yeah. whatever other service that exists. It's like we want back our product, and you can continue to make your product and do it as you please. But they don't have any real big ones that people are talking about outside of the random hits that they have, like uh, to all the boys I've loved. There's there's definitely a huge competition going on, whether it be for viewers or whether it be just for like conversations. Like you can kind of see when the new episode of something drops. The amount of like whether it be reviews that you see or like just general Twitter conversation, online conversation, felt like Godzilla vs Kong owned that for a little bit, and and mm-hmm. we're also we've got a new entry into the huge amount of superhero shows, and it's something that's not Marvel and DC, which is also driving some part of the conversation. I'm talking about Amazon's Invincible. Um, which just dropped, n- not this Friday, but the Friday before, the first three episodes. Um, it's it's an independent comic from Image Comics. They're basically the third largest comic book you know, company behind Marvel and DC. They've had several other adaptations of their work, but Invincible is basically the centerpiece of a, a superhero universe that ran for 144 issues, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it's around there. And so it's finally getting on the screen as an animated show and the writer is robert kirkman who wrote the walking dead which of course had huge amounts of success on tv and so this could be something that's long running you i've read the comic i'm a big fan in case anyone can't tell by that that in, that intro to it <laughs> it sounded like love but uh steven you haven't read the comic though i, I know you know some about it but we're talking about this because i always knew i was going to watch it we're partially talking about this because you texted me and were like, I watched this too and I really liked it. Tell me tell me how you're feeling Invincible so far. Uh, I'm currently caught up, so if we're listening to, that means I'm going to refer to things that have happened between episodes yeah, 1 spoilers, and 2 4. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> episodes they're big 1 ones. to 4. There are big spoilers. I won't talk about the big spoilers. I'll just talk about characters. I just find Invincible to be really interesting. I love subverting the genre. And I like when someone subverts the genre, but it doesn't feel like they're pigeon-held by the genre. If you know what I mean, it almost because it feels like Kirkman has, after years of going through with him, whatever he did with Walking Dead, I know how Kirkman moves with his characters. So just watching this from the beginning, it's like, oh, this is fun. This is, and it feels really different when it comes to viewing the superheroes. They feel darker in a way that you don't normally get to feel a dark superhero story, and it's fucking violent in the way that it should be if you have incredible power that's how it should be and it's just it's so fun to watch i love the voice ass i love the voice cast and like everyone sounds great jk simmons as honey man just makes total sense jk simmons sounds amazing his the older he gets his voice just sounds real gravelly it just sounds super menacing while still being like a dad i think all of those scenes are really a thing i'm trying not to spoil but i'm gonna spoil a little bit but <laughs> J.K. Simone man doing bad things while then going home and being like a father to his son is really interesting. I think even Yoon as the main character, Invincible, is super great. I love his voice too. He just sounds like 
youthful and bright, contrasted against like J.K. Simmons sounding real like he's gonna do some bad shit. I'm I'm really into this, man. I'm I really I'm I'm doing this. It's the reason why I said let's talk about this and not Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> that's that's good. I have no interest in talking about that. And I was so excited about it because I, while I do have you know an emotional investment in the MCU and talking about those shows, we've done a lot of that. And I think one of the incredible things that that Image Comics showed me and then Invincible is one of my favorites showed me is that there's these incredible stories that exist outside of this sort of like corporate structure that can also offer some of the same things that people are looking for in their superhero stories. You know, with Invincible, you get the bright colors and the youthful exuberance of something like Spider-Man, but you Mm -hmm. also get the sort of darkness that you get from like a potential like DC evil Superman story. I mean, not I, I won't mention any names, but like you, you get you get stuff from this story, both from the light side and the dark side of the superhero universe that you maybe wouldn't get at the same time anywhere else, because there's there's a lightheartedness to this show that just will suddenly just end. And I, I love that. That's <laughs> why I'm really into it. I I, I loved it. I think the fr- if anyone's out there listening. We talk a lot of shit all the time on this podcast. We talk a lot of shit. But watch the first episode of Invincible. I'm not saying commit to the show, but just watch the first episode. Sometimes it's really important for people out there who love art, who love interesting stories, who love nuance, who love subverting the genre. It's fucking great. And it's exactly the essence of Peter Parker first getting bit by the spider and learning to deal with his powers and learning to be what it means to be a hero, to being a hero who has to juggle being a person. And then it's also like, yo... I'm going to fucking break your brain open and look at the bad bits. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. The first episode was so interesting. Even though I, I have an idea of where the story's supposed to go, because friends who have read the comic, it's Kirkman, so I'm assuming he's going to do things differently in the show. And it feels like oh, the first episode, he's moving a little different. It's just, it's fucking great, man. And I can't stop talking about it. I really want more Invincible. It's probably going to make me pick up the comic books, pick up the volumes, and start reading. Good. It's... Don't say good. I, I'm not. You don't deserve to be happy. <laughs> I still gotta call Zack Snyder and tell him you've been hating. <laughs> I just, I like I said, I'm just happy to see people consuming this in a way that I think will be really lead to some fun superhero conversations, and also for people that don't necessarily that aren't familiar with it. I feel like it's a really good way to sort of watch and not have to overthink it. Like you don't have to worry about being teased with like who the big bad's going to be at the end of the season necessarily or who is going to do this or who's going to go do that, who it's going to tie into. You get to sort of experience this without uh, all the baggage that comes with wanting something because you don't know anything about it. And so you kind of just have to let it happen. In a way, it's a more relaxed, pure experience to watch, especially if you don't know about it. Is is that your with the entire superhero genre as of now? You can't really in like relax when you're watching it. You have to always be another step towards another step. I, mean, I think we covered that somewhat when we were talking about yes, Wanda, we have. WandaVision. <laughs> yes. Is that like when when you have expectations that you need to meet and you need to consistently pitch your next story, it becomes less about the viewing experience of this one thing and more about your perception of the whole of the extended universe i think invincibles is going to be a little bit of a reprieve from that you don't really have to think about what's coming next because you don't know what's going to happen next 
I do. Yeah, I've I have read no the, idea what's happening. I've read next. the comic, but also the comic ended. That's another thing that's different is that like there's never gonna be no more Superman comics. There's never gonna be no more Avengers comics. Like that's never gonna happen. But Invincible is over yeah. as an ending, and so whether or not they get to have all of that time to cover all of the things that happen through the seasons on Amazon, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. There's a lot of comic to go through, but it's just interesting to me because there's this is a show that is refreshingly baggage free. It it totally is. It's it's not like um, I'm a hater today, but it's it's one of the reasons I'm having trouble watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not to jump through topics, but I'm just I just find it like you said, the baggage is something that for that I find in Falcon and Winter Soldier to be a little heavy. Or I was watching Invincible. I'm just feel I feel like I'm it's free it's very much it's it's everything I wanted when I was a kid about superheroes where it's bright it's vibrant it's beautiful it's interesting to watch there was even a scene when his uh his dad is explaining it to him about how to fly and he's like it's like peeing your pants I was like oh this is that makes sense <laughs> but you would never have that moment in like a Marvel movie and I'm not like team Marvel hate like you I'm more, more just like it's really good to like switch up the, the palette taste every now and then. It's different to have different experiences of the superhero genre. It can't always be brooding or super bright in marketing. Sometimes it's nice to have someone just who's just like, oh, this feels more organic, more nuanced, more uh, personal. I can't believe that I have to uh, to ride so hard for an animated show after being the the person that consistently is like nah animation's not really my thing like don't don't get me wrong i'm not totally yeah don't say that on don't say that on this pod you're gonna get killed for that one i mean that's terrible i'm not i'm not gonna say that i'm adverse to it i mean like i watch i just have a very if there's an animation version of like a basic bitch that's me like i've only watched the pixars the disney's the whatever i don't have an extensive knowledge of having watched anime I haven't really watched a re- an animated series regularly that would fit into the superhero genre since really since I was a kid watching like uh, X Men Spider Man cartoons from like the nineties. Uh, so like it's 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 just funny to me that now I have to be like I have to cheerlead on this show because they finally made my show like they finally made my. It's, that's such a sick person, man. <laughs> you live a terrible life sometimes. So you you don't know what's going on with Attack on Titan this season? I no clue. I hear I hear it's good. How about Dr. Stone? Have you watched Dr. Stone yet? I've never even heard of it. Uh, My Hero Academia. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Why why do we do this podcast? <laughs> I could really flip this podcast into an anime only podcast I'm just, and I would get some real shit off. Just just wait until like I'm just like by the end of the season, I, I've watched whatever I think it's gonna be eight episodes. I've watched eight episodes of Invincible and I'm just like, Yeah, Invincible's the best animated show ever and I've just like never watched any of the other ones. Can't wait there's to see There's a lot of people who, who would disagree. <laughs> there's a lot of people disagree with you. There's a lot of great animation animated things out there that would I'm sure there's no time now. I watch so much anime. I'm just surprised uh, you just never. You can't get into anime. It's such so It's such a. It's your genre. I just don't get what you don't like about it. It's a different art form that I. I don't. I. I actually don't want to sound like. There's a lot of things that I would hate on on the pod. I don't actually <laughs> want to sound like a hater because I like respect it as an art form. I think what I was trying to explain, what I've what I've tried to explain, and maybe I haven't done a good job explaining it, is that it just. It takes an investment because it has literally its own visual language on top yeah. of, in some cases, literally another language. So 
you're trying to sort of measure the the emotional response both both visually and verbally at the same time i think it has a high barrier to entry it's different even than watching a foreign film and having subtitles or something like that like the the whole communication style visually on top of that is different i'll give you I, i'll give you that it's hard to it's like teaching someone how to play video games who's never played video games before because of years of playing video games you sort of have like muscle memory of how to even learn the the game mechanics yeah. of that particular game anime is like that whereas anime feels like it's nuance of it's years of anime condensed into a new anime but that doesn't reference the old anime it just sort of exists all in the same world i get it it's sometimes having, it's like Yo, what's happening on the yeah. screen versus what's happening on the words having not watched any of it i feel like anytime i see or someone sits me down and it's like you have to watch this i just feel like overwhelmed because i have no idea what's happening it's like being thrown into like the deep end of the pool but i've never even seen water why don't you start with a dub someday? <laughs> do me the favor. I'm going to tell you to do something no one would ever tell you to do. Start with anime that's dubbed someday. Just try it. I feel like that's what try everyone m- says not to do. <laughs> no, that's... But I know I did... I've been, I've been doing this with my partner. She watches anime now without me. And because she's busy, I'm just like, you just watch it dubbed. It's, there's no... There's no you don't have to be like one of those people who's trying to be like, oh, perfection. It doesn't... You don't have to be nuanced. Just, just watch it. Watch it with the voice so you can hear it appreciate the animation start with my hero academia you love superheroes so much more than me you would love my hero academia but you're just gonna watch invisible for eight years whatever (laughs) i actually watched so i was watching the first few episodes of invincible with shelby and then a a friend of mine showed up as a surprise for my birthday and so and and he wanted to watch it so we just started it all over again so i actually watched the first three episodes twice i love that it was and it was great. Like I said, they finally made they finally made my show. It's only happened like a couple times where something that I'm really deeply invested in that isn't like Spider Man. Like of course there's always there's always going to be making another Spider Man movie, and I dearly love Spider Man. But I'm talking about something that is like more niche. That suddenly is like oh this got made and people are watching it. Like I I got one season of my favorite comic ever, Deadly Class. Should have never been canceled. Still will never support the Sci-Fi Network for canceling that one. But it, it felt good to finally see something that I love on screen. I have a similar feeling about Invincible. So it makes me really happy that you're enjoying it. And I hope other people are enjoying it too. I hope other people really enjoy it. I just think it's it's really good superhero. Sometimes it's it's hard with all... We're inundated with so much superhero culture and so much superhero mythos that you forget that other people are doing interesting stories online. Other people are doing interesting characters. And this is one of the times when I watch something cold and I'm just like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's really mature, but also still has lightheartedness like Peter Parker as a kid. Like, you want that. Who doesn't want that? I don't want to do, like, too much corporate overlord praising. We do enough of that with like Disney. Oh, oh, just, but oh yeah, we do that. But we it's like a lot of Disney did. But it's <laughs> like, interesting to me that the two shows that I think do the best job of counteracting some of the superhero mythos and actually showing it in a different way are both on Amazon because it's it's the boys and if if Invincible continues to be good, it's Invincible. Those are two different independent takes on superhero like universes where you understand the visuals they're and like the characters they're both built off of like 
Justice League parodies, but they they're mm-hmm. taken in entirely different directions. It's just interesting to me that both of those ended up at Amazon as like a counter to what the other corporations are pushing in a in a weird way. Like I don't want to get too deep into the again like corporate overlord rivalries and stuff, but that that was interesting to me that Amazon has both of those. I will never give Jeff Bezos any any praise. <laughs> you, you did a good one here, Jeff. You did a good one with this one. I love I love the idea that it's it's just it's Jeff Bezos who's just sitting in a room with the screeners making all the decisions. Like like he had he had nothing to do with this. Just actually shout out Seth Rogen who consistently it's Seth Rogen and Evan Goldman I think is his like Evan, writing uh, partner partner's name. I think it's Goldberg. Goldberg that sounds right. Yeah. That consistently try to bring independent comics to the TV and movie world. And that's crazy. I know that, like, you know, Seth Rogen is, like, a big-time producer of other things, too. And, like, I don't know if he's been in as many movies lately. But, like, it's severely underrated that, like, Preacher, Invincible. Yeah. Talk about Preacher, bro. I'm sure that there's other ones. What was that one that was on Sci-Fi about, like, uh, Future Man? I didn't watch it, but I I, Future Man was on Hulu. Was it it Hulu? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Future Man was on Hulu. But I think that was Seth Rogen too. Like I think it goes understated uh, how big of a player he is in this sort of like alt superheroes outside of Marvel and DC. Like if I'm Marvel or DC, super into it. Are, do you are you trying to like are you calling Seth Rogen's agent and being like how much do we need to pay him to come write a the next Ant Man movie? Oh, that'd be so dope. That would be so dope, but then you know, like the corporateness would be like, "Oh, you can't do those jokes, you can't do these things." But man, that breed life into the series, yo. <laughs> that just, would breed some life into the it's series. It's funny to me that as a, as a producer, he's been so successful with these independent titles. I read a lot of independent comics. Like, if anyone is listening to this and is at all interested in comics, comics has other image. Comics has other stories outside of what you would expect that totally changed the way that I perceived comics at a time in my life when I wouldn't have called myself a comic book fan. It was image comics that turned me around on that, which is another reason why Invincible as a show and the work that Seth Rogen has done with the other ones feels like it means a lot. Cause like I thought there was a certain point in my life where I was just like, Oh, you will, this is stuff you outgrow. They only make comic book stories for, for kids. And that's just like not the case. That was a misperception on my part in the first place, but it's especially not the case for Image Comics. I can, I know you can talk about this shit all day, but it's just for anyone out there listening, Invincible was a really good time. It's very interesting. Please try the first episodes on Amazon Prime. I'm assuming they're going to make it free for a little bit, as they always do when they have a hit on their hands. Just give it a try. Because if you're a big fan of just like the corniness of like the truth and justice era of like golden comics or the golden era i think it's called of comic books it it plays against all that while at the same time being very nuanced and modern in how it addresses topics and it's just interesting to watch thanks for listening we'll probably be back covering more invincible as the episodes continue to air they air week to week so if you want to catch up there's four out right now we'll probably talk about it again in a couple weeks once we get further into the storylines we will probably at some point, at some point, talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know exactly I don't when that's going to be. I don't want to. I think we, 
we uh, maybe wore out talking about the MCU a little bit because we talked about it at WandaVision so much. Maybe we'll get like two episodes out of it, like the halfway point and then the end point. We'll see. We're at the halfway point right now. <laughs> Are we really at the halfway six point? Episodes. It's six episodes. I watched four episodes It's only six already. episodes? Yeah, I it's only six episodes. I'm really out of the loop on this. I'm I'm sorry. It's, I just like I'm here. I really don't want to talk about it. I know you don't. <laughs> I know you've already don't seen it. I've seen it. Hey, for anyone out there, it's fine. It's fine. We've, we've, it's we've fine. Done that it's so often lately, just like it's fine. Whatever. We need we need theaters back, man. We need we need other things. You know, I'm, you I'm people don't understand. We like we fine. like other things. We like other movies. We're fans of like horror. I'm a fan of horror. I'm a fan of other films. I just saw uh, on HBO Max. It was. A show was released called Made for Love. It's like sci-fi. I love that shit so much. It's so fucking good. That's the shit I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's okay. I just saw Mighty Ducks for the first time as a 30-year-old man. It's fucking crazy. You tell me Gordon Bombay goes this hard? He's so... <laughs> man. We gotta do some episodes where it's just like just for us. Like we just talk about stuff that no one else has seen. Like we were just talking about how I watched that uh, The Last Blockbuster uh, doc uh, that's on Netflix, funny enough, and you had said that you had watched it, and that like really digs deep into my like physical media uh, obsession to a certain extent. Like, yeah. I just I really want to own the things that I like, and like I'm ready for a podcast on that at any time. I'm just like talking about why you should buy Blu-rays. Or DVDs. I don't want to do another 10 minutes on The Last Blockbuster, but it's a documentary that's on Netflix that was just, it feels like looking at myself on screen. I like physical media. I like collect collecting things. And I also like just someone giving me something and saying, hey, you should try this out. That's not like streamable. Something about when someone mentions to you to stream something always feels sort of like, meh. But if they give you like a physical option, it almost feels so much more intimate, so more like, you should watch this. Like... I loved it. It was so fun to watch. I'm happy they're still alive. Good for them, right? Yeah, I, I felt like a little emotional watching that that documentary. How they? Well, she got that last call on yeah. cried. <laughs> and how they're keeping it alive. I mean, it's it's just it's cool. And I think that you know we, we do a lot of talking about the corporate overlord companies because unfortunately they basically own all of these property rights to all of these things that are the center of the cultural conversation, uh, which you know is troublesome in a way when you want to have some ownership over the media that you consume, whether it's the ability to watch it whenever or wherever you want, whether it's the ability to watch it on whatever platform that you want. That's something that is going to probably continue to go away as more and more of these property rights just shift to big companies. If there's not money to be made on DVDs, they won't make them. So it's just it's interesting to me as someone who has really started buying up, whether it be albums uh, in the form of records, cassettes, even a couple CDs every now and then, trying to buy up Blu-rays and DVDs of stuff, because I want to be able to watch what I like when I want to, not when Bezos decides that like he's going to take the stuff off the platform or whatever, whoever makes that decision. Fuck the corporate overlords. And we're out. <laughs>